Scaling Up Nation, your programs are of the highest quality. That means your products need to be that same high quality. And that's why I trust Scranton Associates to help me bring the best to my customers. They're a fourth generation business with over 100 years of experience. Scranton Associates can help you with biocides and both powder and liquid blends. If you have a question about your products, give them a call and they will help you review your formulas. They can also review your safety data sheets and labels. Folks, they know what they're doing when they're looking at these and they can prevent you from getting costly fines. Scranton Associates can handle all of your blending needs from the smallest order up to tanker cars. Find out why I trust Scranton Associates for yourself. Call them today or visit scrantonassociates.com. Welcome to Scaling Up, the podcast where we scale up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. I'm Trace Blackmore, and Nation, really fun show today, really informative show. Of course, every episode of Scaling Up is an informative show. And I hope that you are using this podcast to make sure that you got the latest, greatest information. You know where to go. You're constantly challenging yourself. And you're also making sure that you have the mindset that even though I know something today, it doesn't mean that there's not more or better information about it out there. Something is always being updated. We're going to learn about a lot of those things today around a particular topic. But before we get there, something that we're always trying to do is become a better water treater. And of course, our friend James McDonald is helping us with that. So here is our next installment of James's Challenge. Hello, Scaling Up Nation. The next James's challenge as we grow as an industrial water treatment professional, drop by drop, is perform a condensate survey throughout a facility. Condensate systems can be quite complex in both their general layout and in the chemistry that's happening. Just collecting an aggregate sample at the end of the line may not adequately show what's happening within the system. Is the pH within the recommended control range throughout the entire system? Or are there low spots after pressure reducers, etc.? Is process contamination being diluted by the overall condensate volume so you don't see it? Or is the contamination intermittent? One can learn a lot by grabbing a few basic items and taking a trip around the condensate system. Be sure to share your experience on LinkedIn by tagging it with hashtag JC21 and hashtag ScalingUpH2O. This is James McDonald, and I look forward to seeing what you share. Nation, it's hard to believe that Halloween is just around the corner. We will be celebrating Halloween just next week. But something I do want you to put on your calendars right before Halloween on October 29th, Michael Wardy member of the Rising Tide Mastermind, and also expert on what we need to know when we are transitioning our businesses. He's going to be meeting with us in our AWT webinar series. That's going to take place on the 29th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And I know what you're saying. Trace, I have no intention of selling my business. Or... I know I'm eventually going to have to do something with my business, but it is so far down the road, I don't need to worry about it. And I don't think that is a correct way to answer the question. Of course, I didn't really ask you a question, but if I did ask you a question, it would be, how are you planning to transition your business? And if you're not thinking about that now, I promise you are not running your business to the best of your ability. Once you start looking at your business as an asset, all the things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis translate over to your balance sheet and they are all assets. When you start looking at things that way and how you would convey that asset to another person, another entity, you will look at your business in a totally different light. And when you run your business as if you are ready to sell your business at any time, 
I promise you are going to be running a much more efficient business. And when you know what your numbers are telling you, you are going to sleep better at night. Well, Michael is going to help us get started with that. So to sign up for this valuable program free of charge, you just need to invest a little bit of time and of course, invest some time going to the website. That website is scalinguph2o.com forward slash webinar. Nation, I alluded that today's show was all about updates, and we are talking to none other than Janet Stout. Janet Stout has educated so many of us on how we need to look at Legionella, things that we need to be telling our clients so they can make better decisions. So once again, we're going to learn what's new in the world of Legionella with Janet Stout. My lab partner today is Dr. Janet Stout of Special Pathogens Laboratory. Janet, welcome back to the Scaling Up H2O podcast. I'm just thrilled to be here with you, Trace. You know, you're more engaging and energizing than, you know, a cup of coffee or a Red Bull. I just love sharing this time with you. Well, I appreciate that. I, I'm, I'm going to take that as a compliment. I think that's a, that's a good thing. Absolutely. And, and definitely, I am a lot less calories. <laughs> definitely a lot less calories. <laughs> so, Janet, uh, you and I were doing the math. And this is your fourth appearance on Scaling Up H2O. So how awesome is that? That is so awesome. And, you know, I, I reached out to you uh, because I, you know, so much has happened since the last time we were together uh, that I thought your listeners would be, you know, very interested to hear about. And so thank you so much for the opportunity for the fourth time. It's awesome. And I'm sure I will have another chance to ask you something, maybe at an event that we attend in the near future. So, uh, you know, four, I think, is the official number. But I think if we listen back to other episodes, you've answered questions for us, uh, uh, questions from the audience where we've done uh, Legionella Month last year. You were a, a big contributor with that. So I'm sure the number is way north of four if we were really doing the math. <laughs> well, you just, uh, you really do wonders uh, for educating your listeners, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of that. Well, it's totally selfish because I'm learning along with everybody else, but you, you are one of the people that has just given me so much I want to say confidence in the world of Legionella, because when this first hit us, what? 15 years ago? Is that, it's like, what are you supposed to do? Owning a water treatment company and now everything's falling on the water treater. Thank goodness you invented the chill pill. And now <laughs> we know what we're supposed to be talking about and how we can arm the customer, the end user with better information. Yes. Uh, and I actually have some chill pills here with me today uh, in case we need them. Always good to have on standby. Well, the last time you were on was episode 121. Uh, that was January of last year. What's been going on since then? Lots of things, as I said. And, you know, for those uh, listeners that don't know me, I am an infectious disease microbiologist. And what I always say, as Trace knows, you know, when an infectious disease microbiologist studies Legionella for more than 30 years, I say I'm no longer a microbiologist. I'm a Legionellologist and a Legionellologist with a mission to end Legionnaires' disease. So this is our big, hairy, audacious goal here at Special Pathogens Laboratory. And for you can't see it, everybody listening, but I've got NDLD earrings on and an NDLD button on. Uh, I even have NDLD uh, shoes, and um, and so you know we're very serious about that. And we, we work together with the water treatment professionals uh, and AWT and other organizations to advance that mission. And so when I talk about what's going on or what's happened since the last time we've been together, I think about all the things that uh, we and I, we at, at Special Pathogens and also myself as an individual have been involved in around kind of the things that we are noted for. So we're noted uh, as sort of the Legionella experts with more than 30 years of experience in clinical and environmental Legionella detection control prevention. It's all about prevention and remediation. And uh, we've evaluated and introduced into the industry 
you know, many Legionella disinfection technologies. We don't do remediation, but we do the studies to prove their efficacy. And we've been doing that uh, also for 30 years so that so that your listeners and others that use that technology understand the pros and cons that are intrinsic to any disinfection technology. So you mentioned, you know, how long uh, we've been doing this, and, and it sort of brings to mind a 1996 AWT convention where I had the honor to receive the Ray Baum Award. And in that uh, acceptance speech, I used the word synergy to describe the relationship that the Special Pathogens Laboratory and I have with the water treatment professionals to do exactly what you said, to share the knowledge uh, and, and make sure that we all, you know, sort of rise to the challenge of preventing Legionnaire's disease together. And, and this is just another opportunity to do that. And in terms of what's new since 2020, you know, we're going to tick through uh, a number of these things, but, you know, it's really about sort of a groundswell or the snowball coming down the mountain of, of really regulatory, you know, whether it's uh, standards, guidelines, legislation, which is just uh, really interesting to me, uh, and training opportunities. Uh, so we'll talk about all of those things. So, so much has happened since 2020. Well, we are going to mention all of those things, as you alluded to, but I want to go back to a couple of things that you just said. You mentioned the word synergy, and, and I love that word. I love that mindset that you and I can create something bigger together than we can on our own. And it's through that that I hope that this podcast and the, the conversations that you and I have had throughout the years not only help us, but they can help so many other people and they can spark other conversations. But you also mentioned a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. And that's a Jim Collins term. He wrote from good to great. And I was introduced to that by a group that I used to be a member of that you're currently a member of called Vistage. And if anybody listens to this podcast for any length of time, they've heard me encourage people to get into groups of like-minded people so they don't have to live life alone. They don't have to experience their issues alone. They can learn from others' experiences. They can get picked up when they need a hand up. And then they can also brag about the successes that the group helps them achieve. So I wanted to ask you, how long have you been a member of Vistage? And maybe for our listeners, what exactly is something like Vistage? Uh, it's a great question. And uh, like the episode, um, I'm in my fourth year of Vistage. And uh, it was introduced to me by sort of a, a strategic partner who knew that we wanted to take Special Pathogens Laboratory to the next level. And you have to go outside yourselves in order to do that. And so Vistage is a peer-to-peer -peer, and there's different levels. Uh, obviously we're in the CEO peer-to-peer -peer group where you, you, know, you get business solutions uh, and you can ask and, and you know, get those solutions from the peers, but they also present educational information. They bring in speakers on a variety of topics like cybersecurity or, or hiring and retention, you know, all those sort of practical matters as a CEO you have to deal with. Uh, and I can't say enough about the benefits uh, for Special Pathogens Laboratory and myself as an individual, you know, sort of uh, playing the role of leadership. And I'm proud to say that uh, I was the recipient of the Leadership Award for Vistage Pittsburgh. And then as a result of that, in August, I was asked to participate in a panel of a Vistage uh, Woman Entrepreneur uh, Conference. And congratulations! Yeah, share uh, you know how it has benefited our company and and me personally. So I I would encourage anyone uh, in that role, either a CEO or the COO. Uh, so we have three people in our organizations participating in Vistage: myself, uh, our COO, and our laboratory VP you know, to, to sort of hone their skills. Uh, and, and who doesn't need that? Exactly. Uh, I would be celebrating my 10-year anniversary with Vistage, but I've decided a couple of years ago to start the Rising Tide Mastermind. And we, we've taken some of the things that we've learned from Vistage, some other things that I've learned from some other leaders that have poured into me over the years to try to create something similar to that, but more industry-specific. 
And so many people out there that I talk to, they just don't get it. You know, why would I help somebody else that does the same thing that I do? Well, there's, uh, in my case, obviously, there aren't too many legionellologists uh, running a, a special pathogens-like business. So, but the, the things that we all deal with from a business point of view are very similar. And the benefit is tremendous. So it's, you're not in a position where you are sharing things that you don't want to share. You share what you need to share and you're encouraged, uh, you know, to be authentic and, and honest, mostly with yourself. Uh, and you get called out sometimes and they use this term care frontation, which I really like, you know, it's sort of gent- gently, but you know, really confronting you with things that may not be quite right. Cause we do sometimes have a tendency to, to maybe not see things as they are. Yeah. We refer to that as the two by four getting brought out and hitting you over the side of the head, <laughs> but you're doing it in a caring way. And we all have blind spots. And if we're going through life and we don't recognize those blind spots, we can't address them. Right. So it's a great thing. And, and it also reminds me that through Vistage, I learned about a book called Traction by Gina Wakeman, uh, who talks about a, a way to run businesses called the Entrepreneurial Operating System, which is also another thing that has boosted our company tremendously. So I recommend that book as well. Yeah, we've been on the EOS system for about seven years. Uh, I've had, I want to say, three episodes, four episodes dedicated to EOS, where I've had people from the EOS uh, worldwide community come on and basically give me free advice about my business as everybody else in the Scaling Up Nation was listening. But uh, we would not be where we are today had we not instituted something like that. And it definitely would not be as enjoyable. Well, let's shift gears back to legionellology. Did I use that word correctly? <laughs> yes. So, so many things have happened since you came on the podcast last January. Where do we start? Well, that's a great question because uh, there's so many things. Uh, obviously, uh, you and I uh, have the gift of gab and, uh, and in a good way. Um, the, you know, when you ask me what's the most important things uh, from my point of view for your listeners to know that have happened since 2020, there's really three that came to top of mind. Uh, one is really some significant changes in the guidance from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention regarding Legionella monitoring and how to sample, which I want to talk about. When we talk about education, you know, I'd like to talk about the ASSC standard 1280 the professional certification standard for professionals in Legionella water safety and management. And, you know, I think the change for those that deal with healthcare, uh, the changes that are coming uh, from the joint commission and just what that represents in terms of accountability around water management. I think that sounds like a great plan. Let me start out though. A lot of people have been asking me, uh, they saw that they had previously purchased ASHRAE's 188 document. And recently we got an email stating that there was an update available. What exactly is that update? So the ASHRAE standard is on continuous maintenance. And uh, one of the things uh, that I want to tell people about, and I do this in my lectures, is that you should get on the listserv for ASHRAE Standard 188 and ASHRAE Guideline uh, because you'll be notified when there are changes to the document. Just recently was a publication dated 2021, uh, and this was just in August of the ASHRAE Standard 188. There are, let me count them, one, two, three, four, five different addenda that have been done uh, to the standard since 2015. And this 2021 issue includes them. And in fact, uh, at the back of the document on page 23 is an appendix D that lists all the addenda and the description of what those addenda are. And so my feeling about these, you know, for example, one of the addenda is about converting language to code compliant language because ASHRAE is, you know, working very hard with others in the code uh, writing area to get the standard into code. In order to do that, it has to be in the right language. And the other things are little tweaks uh, that are a result of that continuous maintenance process. So you really do want to get that uh, 2021 and you get it at, uh, you know, you'd think it'd be ashraystore.com, but it's not. It's actually Tech Street, T E C H Street Store. 
Uh, if you Google that and then search for 188, you'll get access to the, the most current version. And also within that page, it shows you the addenda also, uh, which when you buy it, you get those as it goes on forward, which there'll be more changes in the future. You can get those free once you buy the, the guidance document or the standard. And it used to be you could go to the site and you could read the document for free. You just couldn't download it. Is that still the case? No, it's not. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here. I wonder why, Trace, I wonder why. Understood. Lots of changes with that. There are always water treaters out there that are dealing with trying to get the best communication out there to their end users. And they have that customer, or in some cases, several customers that say, I will do something when I'm forced to do it because of this update, because of the language being so easily taken from that document, putting in legislation. Do we need to prepare these people that it's coming? You know, one of the things that I've been frustrated with, frankly, and um, and it disturbs me a little bit, but it just is the way it is, is that oftentimes people have to die in order for things to change. And, and I've seen that with legislation. Um, and, and, and I'll back it up just a little bit uh, to talk about the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services memorandum that came out in 2017. And I popped the cork of the champagne. I popped it because it said, have a risk assessment for Legionella, all healthcare facilities, have water management, uh, and it actually, it also surprised me. They, they tossed in their other waterborne pathogens. And so now your listeners have to know something about Burkholderia, Stenotropha monas multifilia, which I actually really like to say, because it sounds like we should do a line dance, Stenotropha monas multifilia kick. Don't you kind of get that? I can see that. Yeah, Acinetobacter, non-tuberculous microbiota. You guys throw a wild party, I have no doubt. <laughs> yes. Well, we like to have fun here, you know. And so- now the water treaters and people doing water management need to understand uh, these other pathogens as well as Legionella, as if Legionella wasn't enough. And we actually do an educational thing. It's called Puzzled by Legionella Wednesday webinar series, which is every two weeks approximately where we do, a, again, it's free, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and we have speakers in some outside special pathogens laboratory as well as our own speakers. And yesterday we did one on Burkholderia. And the next speakers are going to be a healthcare engineer from the VA system. Uh, I've invited the EPA to speak. So, so people can uh, subscribe to that Puzzled by webinar series through specialpathogenslab.com under the solutions tab uh, and education. So, so we, we try to do that to make sure that people are knowledgeable. So getting back to CMS, you know, they, they said do environmental monitoring for these pathogens. And that's why I popped the court. It was like, finally, I've lived to see the day where the most important thing to assess risk is being required, to your point. Well, my party lasted one year when uh, CMS backpedaled and took that requirement out and said it's at the discretion of the facility. Well, to your point, Trace, you know, when you leave it to people to go, hmm, do I want to do this or not? You know, they're just going to not do it. And so I got really mad, like, you know, really mad. And I said, all right, uh, you know, because I spent 10 years on the ASHRAE Standard 188 Committee, you know, they, they leave it to the discretion. So I said, all right, it has to come from legislation, regulation, like New York City and New York State which mandates the testing of cooling towers on a certain schedule. New York State mandates the testing of healthcare facilities in addition to having the risk assessment and water management. So I called up the Pennsylvania Senator, uh, Wayne Fontana, and I said, we need uh, legislation to deal with Legionella in Pennsylvania. And where else you know, the disease was discovered as a result of an outbreak at the Bellevue Stratford Hotel in Philadelphia. Here in Western Pennsylvania, we were the first to issue a guidance document for healthcare with the Allegheny County Health Department. Uh, so, you know, we, we should be doing this. And so he submitted legislation last year for Legionella. And Pennsylvania is one of five, I think. Uh, New Jersey, Illinois, Florida, there's one other one I'm, I'm blanking on, but I, at least five. The North Carolina one came about because of the big outbreak at that county fair. There was the outdoor spa 
you know, in fact, and whenever there's an outbreak, there's deaths. Uh, the Illinois one was after the veterans healthcare um, uh, facility in Illinois, there are over 50 cases and multiple deaths. So that's why I say sometimes, unfortunately, people have to die for change to occur. But the, the message here is that change is coming. And some of that is coming through standards and guidance. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, CDC in a minute. And some of it's coming from uh, regulatory authorities like CMS and the Joint Commission. So the Joint Commission is the one that enforces the CMS regulations. And in the fall of last year, they came out and they said, you know, we're sending out this uh, this document for public comment. We are going to strengthen the requirements for healthcare around Legionella water safety and management. And so they are making healthcare facilities more accountable. So the days are gone when you have the plan, you put it on the shelf, it collects dust, and, and there is no, no one asking you, you know, what is your corrective action? Where's the documentation uh, that you have evaluated that? You have to do an annual review. You have to update it for any changes that have occurred. You have to assess the risk groups within your facility because certain patient populations may be at greater risk. So much more detail in the Joint Commission Environment of Care requirements, which will go into effect in January. So you've got CMS, Joint Commission, and the updates to ASHRAE and, and the updated guideline uh, for ASHRAE. And one of the addendum to the ASHRAE standard was the adding the uh, Cooling Technology Institute guideline 159 to the references section. The AWT guidance document was there, but the CTI guidance document wasn't there. And it's a great, great piece of information there with lots of detailed guidance for water treaters on managing large and small cooling towers. And then the, the last piece was, you know, if everybody's uh, doing Legionella water management, there's a spectrum of knowledge out there, right? There's people that have been deep in it for a long time, and there are people that are new to it. Well, what we, what we need is to uh, raise the bar, make sure everybody's at the same level of basic understanding of Legionella, Legionnaire's disease, water management. And so that's what, what prompted me to reach out to IAPMO and ASSE two years ago and say, there's a need for education. And uh, IATMO is a training arm. ASSC is a standard-making body to the ANSI standard. And so ASSC, with a group of experts from all industries, created Standard 1280, this professional qualification standard, which requires 24 hours of training, uh, passing of a 100-question exam uh, to be ASSC certified. And so ASSC also certifies the instructors, right? So I'm a certified instructor for ASSC, and we deliver, among others, uh, along with uh, the help of IATMO, we deliver that training. And so we've trained 300 or so people already uh, that are ASSC certified. Uh, our next training is October 18 to 20. If anybody li that's listening is a healthcare facility manager or professional healthcare engineer, we're doing a special one uh, in November, uh, November 18 to 20. And all of that information is on specialpathogenslab.com, the solutions tab, education. You can get information about registering for those trainings. Uh, also, so I'm now an author, Trace. Uh, so training requires a book, right? And so we wrote the book on Legionella. So it's called Puzzled by Legionella Guidebook. And that's part that's given to the people that attend the training, but you can also uh, buy it uh, online. It's even on Amazon. And so it's a great interactive uh, guidebook. It's It's got QR codes. So it's it's always got new information. It's got videos embedded in the QR codes. Uh, so that... That education, I think, complements uh, what education other people have. So it, it's different in that it's a sort of a specialized area, but it complements other trainings that they may have. So when it comes to the 12,080 certification, we've got water treaters that are listening to this podcast. Who needs that certification? Well, if you are a water treater that's delivering the services of water management and risk assessment, and you want a multidisciplinary uh, education about that. So for example, 
Uh, if that's something you're doing, you want to be as knowledgeable as you can about all aspects of this, the laboratory part, the regulatory part, the healthcare part, how to respond to an outbreak. Uh, all of that is, is, oh, and disinfection technology, all of that is covered in the training. And then what's really great, and this sort of relates to the discussion about Vistage, is the peer-to-peer interactions. And so what, what we do is we build in breakout sessions and case studies, and then we listen to each other and take questions from the audience so that they learn from each other. Uh, because like you said, we're all dealing with the same thing. So there's sort of the lecture from the expert, but then the Q&A that's live and over that three-day period is just gold uh, for all the attendees. You mentioned a lot of agencies. One of them was the Centers for Disease Control, and they've recently updated their toolkit. What can we expect in that update? Well, you know, I fell out of my chair when CMS uh, put their memo out. I fell out of my chair again when I read the toolkit update. It came out in January, right? And what made me fall out of my chair was like a like language i have never seen you know figuratively come out of the cdc's mouth routine legionella monitoring now for those that don't really understand you know aren't deep in this like i am the history is the cdc always said we have no recommendation doesn't mean the recommendation like we think of it. It, it it's we're not comfortable with the data in order to make a recommendation that's what they mean by no recommendation so they would always up until 2021 say we don't have recommendations about routine environmental testing for legionella which we all know is the cornerstone for assessing risk in your building water system or cooling tower right well there it was and i i was just whoa, that's a major change. And not only did they tell you uh, that it's appropriate to validate your water management program, so that's number one. And then, so anybody sort of with dealing with people that are going, well, we don't have to test for Legionella. Well, actually show them the CDC toolkit and the language there that says, when do you do this? When do you test? You test if you're a healthcare facility because you have at-risk people. You test if your control measures aren't sort of doing the job fully, like, you know, whether you can't maintain temperature or disinfectant residual. So they, they sort of tick down when it's appropriate to do this. And then there's a table uh, that talks about the metrics for interpreting testing. And at the top of the table, there is routine Legionella monitoring. And so there's percent positivity, which is the way that we interpret things, you know, greater than 30% of outlets in the building positive, particularly with Legionella and Amophilus one, there's greater risk. But there's also discussion about colony forming units per milliliter, uh, as well as what kind of Legionella you're, you're isolating. Is it known pathogens or the majority of the Legionella species that have not been shown to cause illness? And then the other significant thing in there is there's always this confusion about what volume of water to collect. And I say there's always been confusion because back in 1998, the CDC said, collect a liter if you can, smaller volumes are, are okay. When they go out to do an investigation of an outbreak, the CDC collects a liter because they're not coming back. That's all they got. And so people misunderstand or misinterpret that to mean we all have to collect a liter from every faucet and shower. And it's just not true for routine monitoring. So there in black and white in this update is 250 ml bottles are fine for collecting routine samples. And I was like, yes, finally, you're helping to clarify and address that confusion. So those two things are just groundbreaking in my perspective. You mentioned the term percent positivity, and I think a lot of our listeners are confused about exactly what that means. Can you help clear that up? Absolutely. So we're going on the way back machine, okay? In the 1980s, when I started as a young legionellologist, I was at the Pittsburgh VA Medical Center, and we were investigating a, one of the largest outbreaks of healthcare-acquired Legionnaire's disease ever reported. And what we were doing is we were collecting from faucets and showers and hot water tanks 
in this hospital, different floors, different wings, representative of the water system. And we were doing that on a monthly basis. We were also doing it in conjunction and in parallel with looking for the disease in the patients in the hospital, right? So as the percentage of the outlets we tested, so to make it simple, if you do a minimum of 10 faucets and showers representative, if three or more are positive, more than 30%, we would see a case be goes up, 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 hit over 30%, bam, a case. And then at that time, we would heat and flush. We would knock it down as close to zero as we could, never really achieving zero, which is another, we want to achieve zero cases, not zero Legionella. And then we would do the heat and flush and we would sample, 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 and it would go up, up, up as it will. Bam, a case would occur as it reached 30%. We asked the question, did it correlate with the percentage or did it correlate with how many Legionella bacteria, the colony forming units? And it didn't correlate with colony forming units, but it did correlate with percent positivity. And the reason it can't correlate with colony forming units is every time you open that fixture, immediately collect that hot water. Well, when you come back the next day, it's going to be a different number because it's not consistent but it will always be positive unless you remediate it. You also brought up the Joint Commission. I think a lot of people don't really understand what they do. Do you mind explaining that and what we can expect from them with their update? So for those of you that are older, it's like there was that ad when E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody listens. Well, when CMS, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and the Joint Commission speak, Every healthcare facility listens because that's the dollars that are available to them. And if they violate the CMS rules, they get cited and and risk losing accreditation and the, the ability to collect those dollars. So CMS sets the rules. The Joint Commission is one of the groups that comes in and, and assesses surveys the hospital for all these rules, uh, environment of care is what we're talking about with regard to Legionella, uh, but they do all kinds of things around uh, medical procedures and uh, medication distribution, narcotics, all that. So Joint Commission is the surveyor coming in to see, are you following Joint Commission rules? And if you're not, you're cited. And that's very, very bad for the hospital or skilled nursing home. And so they risk loss of that income. So they they pay tremendous attention to what CMS and Joint Commission say. And then now what Joint Commission has said is, I'm giving you fair warning. They came out this spring and said, as of July, they said, we are on, you are on notice that you will be measured against these stronger requirements from the Joint Commission for Legionella Water Management and Risk Assessment starting January of 2022. So they're telling the healthcare facilities, we're going to look at this. And if it's not right, you're going to get cited. And that's very, very serious. Janet, what does the Joint Commission say about testing? So both, both CMS and Joint Commission, so I told you about the story about my popping champagne and then great disappointment around CMS, leaving it to the discretion of the facility. So what, what the Joint Commission says is, you know, follow CMS. So that means it's still at the discretion of the facility, but they are emphasizing monitoring. And, and so one of the things that, that, the other federal uh, authority that deals with monitoring is the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. So they're looking to make sure in a very serious way that the risk of infection due to Legionella and other waterborne pathogens, so that's also included in the Joint Commission, is addressed and mitigated if there's a problem. With regard to Legionella, we know lots more about the link, as I just described, between the presence of this bacteria in water and disease. With, with the other waterborne pathogens, it's a little trickier, and this is dealt with in that ASSE training session, is what is the epidemiology of these other waterborne pathogens? How are they transmitted? And what makes it more complex is it's not just water. It's in medication. It could be on surfaces. It can be the hands of the healthcare worker. So people doing Legionella and waterborne pathogens water management need to understand that aspect of those pathogens so that they can guide their clients on how to do water management around those. And that's, that's included in the ASSE training. So Janet, 
so many things we've talked about, ASSE, CMS, CDC, AWT, CTI, Joint Commission, and, and there's probably a dozen I just left out. So let's go back to one we haven't talked about yet, which is CWT. What does a certified water technologist need to know? How do they make sure that they are advising their customers correctly? And with all these updates, what do they do? You know, I I love the fact that uh, the Association of Water Technologies certifies their membership on knowledge about the chemistry and the application of, of biocides for the control of organisms in water, as well as, you know, corrosion control and, you know, a myriad of other things that uh, a professional water treatment uh, person needs to do. A teeny tiny bit of that uh, CWT training touches upon Legionella and probably, I'm guessing, not much on the other waterborne pathogens. So the CWT certification is really important. And in fact, um, I think you probably know that that was one of the requirements in the New York City regulation about people that are allowed to apply biocides to cooling towers and and do that testing around the the treatment of the cooling towers. So there's this information that's very specific to water treatment. And the ASSE is very specific about water management, you know, reviews ASHRAE standard 188, risk assessment, all the other things that we talked about, about ASSC. So these, these things are complementary. And a CWT is probably just like you and me. We advance because we say to ourselves, there are things we don't know. And we seek out the knowledge from those that do and thereby become you know, better at our jobs. And, and to me, that's what I think the, the role of the ASSC certification is for someone that is, uh, has a CWT in order to make sure that, and especially if they're ad- advising healthcare facilities, that they have a full understanding of what does water management and risk assessment really mean uh, in terms of execution. And, and one of the things I really think is important is in the role of the water treatment professional, you're often the right hand to the facility manager. And when there's an outbreak or even a single case of Legionnaire's disease, they call the facility manager and say, you know, what happened? And, and it's really important to be able to help that client get through that experience because there's a lot to know around that. You know, how, what is the public health authority going to ask of them? You know, what is a good position for them to take when, you know, there's a little push-pull between public health and the hospital, you know, what's reasonable for them to ask and push back on? And, and, and you know, that's not something you get when you get the CWT exam. This whole episode's been about updates, and people are learning about these updates for the first time on this podcast, some of them. What are some of the ways that we should be staying up to date so when an update takes place in January, they don't have to wait for an episode of Scaling Up H2O to come out in September? That's difficult to be aware, you know, and most of the water treatment professionals that I know are really busy. So one of the things that we try to do at Special Pathogens Laboratory is be that resource, just like, you know, that synergy that we talked about uh, that we, you know, Special Pathogens and I have been to the water treatment industry since before 1996. So, you know, I I mentioned uh, the guidebook, which is really great information. And because of those QR codes can be updated over time. When we deliver the training, I'm constantly updating. So whoever takes the training in October is going to get the latest information. I mentioned the Puzzled by Legionella Wednesday webinar series. The speakers that I have uh, on that, you know, every other week are about these issues that I think uh, your listeners need to know about. Uh, and and so, you know, that's why you know EPA is coming, healthcare engineers are coming. I've asked ASHRAE to talk about an upcoming standard that we haven't talked about today, which is five one four. So I try to make sure that the information that we're bringing uh, to the audience is current and relevant. Not that they shouldn't listen to your podcast every single time, Trace. Uh, but I think between you and me, they're good. Well, there you go. Now, you mentioned an upcoming standard, 514. What is that? 
Well, uh, there's a sort of a long uh, story behind that, which uh, I'll share at the bar with you another day. <laughs> but, the, but the short story is it started at NSF and migrated over to ASHRAE. And the concept is sort of a, a, a whole hazards approach to safety within building water systems. And uh, that whole hazard approach uh, sort of philosophically is not new, but the idea of applying that to a building. So it's, you know, chemicals, not just disinfectant, you know, other hazards, physical hazards, temperature, as well as um, waterborne pathogens, the other pathogens. Because even though CMS and the Joint Commission talk about these other waterborne pathogens, uh, standard 188 is about Legionella, and that standard is really important, but now we have to deal with these other microbial hazards and being educated about that. And so those are some of the topics that are being integrated into that uh, standard, which should go out for public review in the coming months. That's another reason to uh, get that standards action notification, uh, because otherwise you wouldn't know that the public review is happening. And I strongly encourage your listeners to participate in that public review process, because while we seek perfection, uh, it's a it's a large uh, committee, and uh, and there may be things in there that your listeners are going, no, we can't do that. Uh, and we have to hear from you in order to change it. Because if we don't hear from you and there's no changes, it's going to be approved as is. You've updated us a lot about things that we need to know, about things we thought we knew, but they've since been updated. To quote G.I. Joe, knowing is half the battle. Well, now we know the other half of the battle is having these conversations with our customers. What should we be telling our customers about these updates? Um, well, this is when I, I get my chill pills out. Uh, so these are Dr. Stout's Legionella chill pills. Uh, they are for the treatment of Legionella-related anxiety. Uh, and it says take two tablets one hour before Legionella testing. Now they're mints, you know, so just reach out to me. I can send you some. It's really fun to give these to people you're talking about monitoring for Legionella uh, because it makes them laugh. And they have a hard time dealing with the idea of getting a test result for Legionella, whether it's their cooling tower or their building water systems, their decorative water features. Uh, there's this, this awkwardness about the conversation. So what I want the water treatment profession to do is to help those clients understand that now they've got a new tool. Uh, they can present the CDC 2021 toolkit that talks about routine testing and shows them this is when it's appropriate. And you, you fall into that. Uh, and if you don't do this, there's risk. And when there's risk, there's potential for death because, you know, the mortality rate, especially in healthcare, can be as high as 30%. So we need to be proactively preventing by helping them to understand they really should be testing. And here's the guidance from CDC. Even though CMS or ASHRAE says it's at your discretion, there's a little lawyer on my shoulder. Oh, I forgot to mention the little lawyer on my shoulder, Trace. But the little lawyer on, it should be on everybody's shoulders and, and your, your water treatment professionals as well to help them understand that they are there. If something goes wrong, it's going to be bad. It's either knock, knock, knock the public health authorities at your door or, you know, here's the, the lawsuit that the lawyer is bringing. Uh, Legionella is highly litigated. I get calls from attorneys every week. So I want the water treatment professional to help have that conversation, to bring this new information to their customer, to help the customer understand that that information is feedback to the water treatment provider as well as them. How well is the water treatment program working to control Legionella? And as you know, what you add in April in terms of your biocide concentration may not control it in July and August. And you need that feedback to say, hey, we need to add more chemistry. And so this is important, sort of the context of it. And, and what's really clear, I mentioned the CTI guideline 159. Language in CTI 159 clearly states that the testing is not a health-based metric. It's not predicting disease. It's helping you to, 
to predict and understand the performance. It's a performance metric about the program of treatment. It should be just like anything else, you know, any of the other monitoring that's done. So, you know, we need to help people not be afraid, give them the chill pills, educate them about how this has evolved in this new change if they're in healthcare and others, uh, the new language from CDC. So I think, I think that's really important for the water treatment professional to be an educator of their client. At the top of the show, you talked about five municipalities that were considering legislation around Legionella. How do we know if our state, our city, is one of those next cities? You know, that's a great question. Um, and the only reason I know about these is because I, you know, I was advocating Pennsylvania to do something because of how frustrated I have become with, you know, organizational standards. Uh, and as far as our BHAG and ending Legionnaire's disease and being proactive advocates for proactive prevention, that's why I got involved. And so I think what you could do is reach out to your senator or legislator and ask if there is any, because there's no like sort of centralized repository of this information. The UA, which is an organization for uh, plumbing professionals, has an arm around legislation that, you know, is actively looking into that. I know the AWT kind of puts, keeps a finger on legislation as well. And I would recommend members of AWT to, to talk to the, uh, or the board about, you know, making sure that this is top of mind for them as well. So it will take some effort. And again, you know, I'll try to keep updating people through our Puzzled by Wednesday webinar series. Jenna, we talked about the made-up word carefrontation when we were talking about masterminds and Vistage. So you're now being carefrontational with our listeners of the Scaling Up Nation, sometimes the two-by-four that needs to hit them across the head so they actually get it. What is that two-by-four? Geez, that's a terrific question. You know, the image of a two by four going across somebody's hell head is a little harsh, um, but I understand. And I'll return us back to our word synergy that, you know, my experience sometimes of water treatment professionals, and you sort of alluded to this when we were talking about Vistage, is sort of go it alone, you know, um, either to protect territory or their client, you know, from real or imagined foes you know, to really recognize that uh, we're, we are in this together uh, and to not be afraid to reach out to, to me or people in our organization to ask the simple question, you know, in this particular situation, is there something that I should be doing that I'm not aware of, you know, uh, because that's what I'm here for. And what Special Pathogens Laboratory is here for is to guide people to prevention. And we have to be open to the fact that we're not going to be able to do that by ourselves, um, and nor should we, really. Uh, and that that's really the way that we're going to be more effective uh, as a professional and also to be proactive in our prevention efforts. So I would say just be, be open to that. You know, what is the saying? Just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean somebody's not after me. But I think most of the time, you know, that fear of collaboration is unfounded. And we're going to help each other more by working together than separately. And so I really embrace that concept of synergy. I said it in 1996 when I accepted the Ray Baum Award. I say it today. That's what makes me get up in the morning is to, to be able to help people uh, in this area. Janet, I always love bringing you on Scaling Up H2O, but we're not done with you yet. Of course, we have the infamous lightning round questions. Are you buckled in? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm a little afraid. I think I'll have a chill pill. They are minty and delicious. So I just want everybody <laughs> to know about the chill pill. So here's some new lightning round questions. So you haven't been exposed to these before since you've come back several times. So what would you say your superpower is? Wow, my superpower. You know, immediately what comes to mind for me is communication. Uh, I've, I've been told many, many times when I give lectures on these, you know, very complex topics that I make it easily understood. And, and that to me is a wonderful gift. Uh, so I will say that's my superpower. And I have been a recipient of that. I can definitely say that is your superpower. 
Well, now you have a magic wand. You can change anything you want in the world. What would it be? Well, goodness. Uh, of course, I, you know, every morning when I put my mask on, uh, I'm thinking about COVID. And so I, my magic wand would be to eliminate, uh, obviously, um, every variant uh, of COVID uh, in whatever way we can. And uh, so uh, I mentioned to you, uh, Trace, at the beginning, uh, we're going to be attending in-person conferences here in 2021 and 2022. And, you know, I just want people to be safe, you know, get vaccinated, use their mask, because you just never know what's going to happen to you if you get infected. Um, and now we have to deal with all these variants and then protecting the people around you, you know, whether it's uh, your elderly parent, grandparent, or others around you that you have no idea might be immunocompromised and have a very serious, if not deadly infection. So, so that's an easy question today. The world we live in is just full of conveniences, things that somebody solved by an invention What's the one thing that you can't live without? One thing I can't live without that's an invention? Uh, I'd say GPS for sure. <laughs> um, you, know, uh, you know, we like to think we know where we're going, but that invention uh, is just a lifesaver so many times, um, and I rely on it. I am old enough to know what maps are, uh, and, and they are a great plan B. So if you're... For example, if you're in Acadia National Park and you lose service, uh, you still know where you're going because you have a map. But I would say GPS. Um, do you use GPS a lot too, Trace? I do, but I also know how to use a map. And there's so many people that I know that have no idea how to use that technology. So uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard to navigate through Atlanta through traffic without something that has some sort of traffic feature built into it. But yeah, um, that's a great one. GPS. Yeah. Think of all the time it saves. Oh, tremendous. It's just great. I read an article, it was a couple of years ago, but it said that of the millennials they surveyed, they could not get back from work to their home without GPS. <laughs> so when an invention is so great, it, we become dependent on it. That's another show. We'll bring you back and we'll talk just about that. My final question, what's your favorite beverage? Favorite beverage. Now, are, is, is the category any beverage or adult beverage? Uh, how about one from each? Okay, one from each. Uh, every day I drink, you know, one of these uh, carbonated flavored waters. Uh, so it's, it's LaCroix is the brand that I, and it's lemon. And I, you know, we're all supposed to hydrate more than we think of. And so that's my way to make sure I hydrate. My favorite adult beverage is, uh, and, and this is sort of funny, I have a wimpy palate, and so I'm a Pilsner girl. And so, you know, you go out to these microbreweries or anywhere, and they have IPAs and all these different ones. And I'm, and, and in fact, there's a bar here, a restaurant here that has Dad's beer as one of the beers, and it's a Pilsner. And so I, I'm sort of embarrassed. I'll have Dad's beer, please. <laughs> but my my dad drank Budweiser, so I guess it fits. There you go. Now. I know a little bit about SPL, and I know there's not only Legionellology going on, but also some brewology. You guys make your own labels. <laughs> yeah, so so that was one of my favorite AWT conferences. We we made stout ale and Legionella lager, and the label was a, a petri dish with Legionella colonies on it uh, for the Legionella lager, and and Dr. Stout picture was on uh, a mic picture was on the the stout ale and we did a taste test if you remember it was in palm springs and um and it was pretty much a virtual tie i think the world is ready to try that again okay janet thank you so much for bringing more knowledge around such a complicated topic and you of course with your superpower make it so much easier to understand thanks for coming on the fourth time to scaling up h2o Oh, my pleasure, Trace, and uh, you're just delightful, and I look forward to the fifth time. Janet, it is always fun when you show up as my lab partner on Scaling Up H2O. Janet's superpower, I'm going to say she absolutely nailed it. Janet has a way of taking something that is so complex, something that she has spent her entire adult life studying 
and given us all handles so we can take bite-sized pieces to the people that need to make decisions around Legionella and make better decisions. She has armed so many water treaters. Janet, thank you for continuing to do that. Thank you for raising the bar in the Legionella community and making sure that we're always having the best conversation we can have because the problem happens when we are not having those conversations with our clients and they don't know the expectations. They don't know the expectations that we have. They don't know the expectations that all these different bodies that Janet mentioned has on them. We are so valuable to make sure that we can connect those dots for them. And when they understand the correct information, they can make better choices. It's all about communication. It's all about making sure that we are helping each other know more about particular topics so we can do the right thing. You know, speaking of the right thing, and the reason I chose to use that language is in our day-to-day, and it could be as a water treater, it could be as a husband, a wife, son, daughter, father, mother, all the different things that we are as listeners of the Scaling Up Nation, we have to make so many decisions about what we're going to do next. And sometimes those decisions can be really overwhelming. Something I like to do is always look ahead. Habit two with seven habits of highly effective people is always begin with the end in mind. But sometimes that end is so far out of sight, it can just be paralyzing trying to think about it. And folks, if you do not make a decision, that in itself is a decision. Now, one not to act is probably going to affect you negatively in the long run. So here's the advice that I have for you. You know more about whatever particular situation that you are in because you have experienced it. So look at yourself as the expert in that instance. You also know all of the things that allow you to get out of bed in the morning. You know all the things that make you you. You know things that you're willing to do, things that you're not willing to do, and you also know the reasons why you do all of those things. And you have all of these relationships that you're making sure stay healthy along the way. So the next time you're faced with a decision like that, don't get paralyzed. Don't choose not to decide What's the next right thing that you can do? Now, you don't know the next 10 right things, and you don't know exactly what the end is going to end up because this is just such a dynamic situation, but you do know the next small step. You know the next right thing that you can do, and that will take you to the next step, and then maybe there you can get some help. Maybe it's through an organization or a mastermind like Janet and I were talking about in the very beginning of this episode, and you can let your peers know what you're facing. You can let them know what is at stake, and most likely what will happen when you surround yourself with a group of people like this, they can give you advice to most likely the exact situation that you are experiencing. And now you have the benefit of all of their hindsight. They will give you a history of what they did and if they had to do it again, how they would do it differently. So I hope you have a group like that, like Janet and I do. If you do not, there are many groups out there. Janet mentioned Vistage. I was a member of Vistage for many years learned so much from that group. I'm also a member of a couple of other groups. And as you know, I've started the Rising Tide Mastermind just for what we are talking about. So if you have access to a group like that, you can do the next right thing and then you can get advice from your group. Now, if you do not have a group like that, one, I'm gonna ask you to consider why you don't have a group like that. 
and then think on whatever that reason is. Is that a valid reason not to have a group of directors that you can have conversations like this on? If you do not, and you decided that a group like this is not right for you, what are the resources that you have so you can make sure the next step is the most logical step and it fits within your framework of the next right thing? Nation, I hope the next right thing next week is you listening to a brand new episode of Scaling Up H2O. That, of course, is going to be Halloween. Where did the year go? Nation, I hope you have a very safe week. I hope you use this week to learn something, make yourself a little bit better, and take care of each other out there. Have a great week, folks. Scaling Up Nation, so many people that I talk to want to join the Rising Tide Mastermind, but they're concerned about being able to commit one hour a week for the mastermind calls. Folks, I have to tell you, when you experience that hour, you realize that that is the power hour that changes every other hour that you will experience that week. If we keep doing the same things, we will keep doing the same results. And that one hour a week allows you to get out of the day-to-day so you can work on your day-to-day. Do something different. Find out about the Rising Tide Mastermind by going to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind.